RadioInfluence.com. What's up, Live Bold and Boss Up? Guess what, guys? We are releasing our episode that we chatted with Rosa Shores, CEO of Blockspaces, and Gabe Higgins, the Chief Blockchain Officer of Blockspaces. This conversation was live at the TBT Powered Up Tech Fest. Oh my gosh, so much energy in this episode. I love it. You're going to need your thinking cap and your notepad out because we chat about Blockchain 101, how businesses can use it in everyday situations and digital property ownership. It's a lot of really great information. It's really cool and a lot of fun. So check it out. Enjoy. What did you guys talk about up on stage? Because we missed it. We were back here recording and we saw you at the Metropolitan Ministries talking about blockchain. Is that what you chatted about? Like what did... Yeah. What did you guys discuss up there? Yeah, that was the main gist of our conversation on stage was, you know, what is kind of what we're kind of seeing in blockchain and cryptocurrency specifically, because Mark was on stage with us, we centered it a lot around payments. Um, and then just some of the interesting things that we're watching kind of happen in this space, um, as well as a focus on how businesses can integrate blockchain up into their existing business systems. So that's the software that we actually are building at block spaces. And so that was kind of the focus of the conversation is how this is becoming more and more used by businesses and some of those use cases around that and some of the complexities with integrating that technology up into existing business systems. I want to hear more like just that. <laughs> I'm sure because that seemed really nerdy. <laughs> no, I feel like it's so interesting like hearing all that. I'm like, okay, like what do you say? <laughs> How do businesses use that in like an everyday business? How do yeah. they use cryptocurrency or blockchain yeah. in their everyday business? Well, I mean, just so first a little backstory about block spaces. And we opened in 2017 as really this kind of culmination of many years of being in this space. Um, both Gabe and I have been in since 2012, 2013. So we're a long, long time. And we've watched a lot of stuff evolve. Um, Gabe kind of started the meetups here in 20. 2013 um, that still are active today, very active um, and started really building this community, this local community um, of entrepreneurs and people that were interested in this technology. And it just kind of blew up from there. And in 2017, we opened block spaces is really originally almost like an incubator for blockchain projects and things that were going on. People just having like a mind hive of people that felt the same way. And we're working on kind of similar projects. And wanting to learn more, like yep. even people that aren't, aren't very technical, right? And But they've heard a lot about the stuff and yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so we try to approach it where we can meet all levels of experience or knowledge and, and try to inform as much as possible. And we still do a yep. lot of that today. I, I still run the Tampa Bay Bitcoin meetup groups um, and uh, we continue to foster that kind of learning process because yep. there's, there's still... Uh, it, there's a lot to learn about it and it has its own like vernacular as well. Right. So yep. you have to learn all the terminology and what they mean. And then how does that, you know, conceptually fit into, you know, all these other things. So yep. um, it, we understand that it's, um, you know, there's, there's a learning process that's involved with this, but um, 
you know, we, we see this as the future. So, um, and it's come way, way faster than we had previously thought. So, uh, we think it's really important. So from an, from a non-technical person perspective, right? My understanding of, of blockchain is really like a digital imprint of, of purchases or, or transactions, Mm-hmm. That's happened, right? Is that is that that's like fair? That's, that's totally good. fair. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. Okay. What what else am I missing on that description? Um, not not a ton. Okay. Not a ton. I mean, at a very very high level, that's that's pretty much it. Um, you know, I think probably the most important thing to understand. You know, we talk a lot about blockchain and it being the underlying infrastructure of cryptocurrency. Um, but it is really important to understand like Bitcoin in order to understand like what actually happened there with the invention right. of Bitcoin and what that has actually led to yeah um and yeah you want to yeah yeah that that's the, the the magic sauce here is to understand that prior to bitcoin there was a long-standing computer science problem and we all kind of generally understand this where uh information can be copied and copied and copied right copy and paste we're all yeah we're digital all very yeah and so you send that okay all digital information's kind of you know it, it, not um <laughs> not not uh it doesn't act like a property, right? right. Um, with the invention of Bitcoin, it's orchestrated a mechanism to where it's created something in the digital space that can act as physical property. Like you can own something and you can't copy and paste it and copy and paste it ad infinitum. Um, and you can prove ownership over a digital thing. So that's what's new here is that before we didn't have digital properties. Now we do because of the invention of Bitcoin, because of uh, the the orchestration of how blockchain works and keeps those records of transactions. Hold on. Digital property, meaning like this is my idea and I'm writing it down kind of thing. Yeah. Well, like think about it in the terms of like uh, we always use it to think about it, like in the terms of like a photograph. Like right. if I emailed you a photograph of myself, right. you could email it to 5000 million other people. Right? right. If I send you Bitcoin, I lose ownership of it and it transfers to you. So just like me literally handing you a physical oh. dollar. Wow. OK. So it acts like a physical dollar in a digital way, Wow. Um, okay. which is it literally solved a computer science problem. Right. Yeah. The, c- the computer science problem, technically, if we want to get nerdy here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> is uh, the Byzantine generals problem or known as the double spending problem, which uh, outlines this problem where digital information can be copied and copied and copied. Um, and, and nobody solved that until Bitcoin came along. Bitcoin actually solved that problem. It was a longstanding computer science problem for 70 years. Wow. Um, so that's, that's crazy. It's an invention. Yeah. yeah. It's an invention or discovery, depending right. on how you want to look at it. Um, and it utilizes, um, you know, over 50 years of other technologies that have been, you know, very well tested and, and uh, invented uh, and kind of just coalesced and put together in this unique way that now solves this problem that now has made this whole new world of possibilities um which is now kind of yep. referred to as web three yep um so you have a web web it's like a new generation of of internet in our activity right web one was the you know yahoos and um the the mosaic browsers of the world where you can read information 
that's posted online. Uh, web two is more like interactive, like real time interactive, like Facebooks, yeah. the Twitters, okay. where you are giving and taking information okay. to a huge audience. Yeah. And, um, it, and that can, in a business environment that translates to things like QuickBooks and NetSuite and all of these business tools that businesses use today to run their businesses. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. web three now adds this new dimension of property ownership in a digital sense. So now we, we can have, uh, we can transact value in a way online and that wasn't possible before. Yep. So that adds a whole new dimension of uh, discovery, of innovation, of entrepreneurship, of all kinds of things and processes that we're used to doing in ways or not even having the ability to do in ways that we'd have now because yep. we have the technology to enable that. Right. And so one of the big problems that we saw when we were, we, we opened block spaces, we started to have a lot of business come to us for consulting and custom development. And how can I integrate this into my business and all this kind of stuff. And at that time, there was really no place to go to do that. Blockchain developers are very, very difficult to find. Um, there's very few of them on the planet. And so uh, businesses are left with just bringing in people like us or people like IBM or whatever to like stand up these small proof of concepts. And then they kind of walk away when really, those businesses want to have like an internal tool that their developers that are in-house can just leverage these technologies and flow them up into their existing business technologies like QuickBooks and NetSuite and 365. So that's what we're building. We're building a software that's a connectivity layer between uh, blockchain um, and Web2. Um, and so you can, you know, you can technically, um, you know, flow Bitcoin payments up into your QuickBooks. And so it seamlessly kind of creates that that connection point. Um, that is what we're developing now. And it also hides all of the very uh, unique complexities with deploying these solutions um, because they all have a very unique infrastructure. So we manage all of that for our customers too. Okay. It's like an interface. It's That's like right. a connector. Yep. Like if I'm playing with like uh, connector sets or blocks, it just like connects the two pieces That's right. together. That's right. That's right. There's a, there's, a, there's a software right now called Plaid that you've probably never heard of. Um, that, But every single time that you make a payment, like if you do Venmo or anything right. like that, and you hit that button and it connects to your bank and it goes back and forth and it does all of that, it's using Plaid. So the Plaid is a connector between the bank and that and that right. frontline application, right? That's what we're doing except for blockchain. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Where do you see blockchain or Bitcoin in the next five to 10 years? Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be, I mean, I think it's inevitable that everybody obviously is moving to Web3. Blockchain is the kind of the infrastructure layer of Web3. It makes all these things possible. How does it do that? Well, for example, last night I was on another panel with a company uh, here locally that's doing autonomous vehicles. And one of the questions from the audience was like, you know, you're you're putting forth these autonomous vehicles, you're putting forth these fleets, but it has to connect to all of these different connection points and stuff. You know, what do you do to, to make sure that you're creating an ecosystem around this autonomous vehicle? And, you know, the guy answered, I can't even remember how he answered, but, you know, I came, I kind of piggybacked on that and said, well, that is what blockchain does. Blockchain really shines when it's in that kind of environment, because blockchain is the thing that takes an autonomous vehicle and makes it to where it drives itself <laughs> to the mechanic. It pays payments by itself. It it facilitates it all of these things. Wallet. It's its own crypto wallet. Blockchain is the thing that kind of underlines 
IoT and AI and, um, uh, you know, artificial intelligence. And so it's that is why, you know, Kathy Wood just moved here from um, from New York. Yes. And, you know, she has these five emerging technologies that she really focuses on with blockchain being at the center, because without blockchain or something like blockchain, those things can't truly operate autonomously. They have to have some sort of human interaction. Blockchain kind of alleviates that. It's that a technology is really cool. No, that was a really awesome like visual way to describe it because I would love to have a car that took itself to the mechanic that's right paid so I didn't have to worry about (laughs) it that's right please yeah yeah if you even own the car I mean we get to a point where you can have a fleet of fully autonomous vehicles where you don't have to own a car you just summon it when you want to go from point a to point b and it it figures out um you know, how to orchestrate its fuel, how to orchestrate its mechanics and monitor that itself. So a a truly fully autonomous system. Yeah. That's like, um, what do you, what do you go on and find? Like if you're trying to rent a house or a Airbnb, Airbnb, (laughs) so it's like Airbnb for vehicles or it could be more high tech, way more high tech. That would be like, like an automatic Uber, Uber, an Uber without the the corporation in the same. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. No, I'm, I think it's amazing. And I'm so happy that you're here in Tampa like bringing technology to right. Tampa. Totally. Yeah. And, and, you know, I just I got a pitch that um, we did raise two rounds of capital uh, last year. And, and with that became um, one of the largest or certainly most well-funded um, female led blockchain companies in the United States. So, you know, gotta like always kind of push that because blockchain and crypto specifically have this very kind of bro culture reputation um, that we work very hard to um, disseminate and get rid of because, you know, 40% of our workforce right now, our, our team right now is uh, women, people of color, United States veterans. And so um, bringing more women into high tech and emerging tech is a really strong focus of mine. So I'm really happy to be on this podcast and um, hopefully your audience will be in interested in it as well. Well, how are you trying to bring more women to the tech space? Yeah. Well, I think just actually breaking down those barriers and saying, you know, it was interesting because I, we tried to raise capital for probably 18 months before we finally raised. And, um, and it was a lot of, you know, what is a woman doing, you know, leading a blockchain company in Tampa, Florida. Right. And (laughs) it was a big obstacle to get over, but um, I actually ended up reaching out to um, a, a VC that I had read about in Forbes, uh, Allie Rosenthal, who's a former Facebook uh, software engineer. And um, she has a fund called Lead Out Capital that invests in underrepresented founders. So whether it's women or geographically, I mean, like I hit on, I was like the poster child for (laughs) Lead Out Capital, like a woman in blockchain in Tampa, like what is that? And so, um, and so uh, they actually uh, led our first round and our second round. And so, um, you know, I think that just continually breaking down those barriers and, you know, showing that it's not just a bro culture. It's not just something that, um, you know, uh, is 
for guys to make a lot of money. There's actually value here and value that translates in a really uh, meaningful way, I think, to women. I think women find different things of value in this space. And without understanding that, you know, there's companies right now that are using blockchain to do things like track, um, you know, um, human trafficking um, and things that resonate, I think, with women um, are just really important. And so always holding that to the forefront and making sure women feel comfortable and that they have a, a place here um, is just a, a very important thing for the whole industry. Yeah. Yeah. An interesting use case uh, to piggyback on that is uh, we, we talked to an organization that's uh, working with um, spousal abuse, uh, uh, you know, uh, women yeah. yeah, that are, um, you know, experiencing uh, spousal abuse, but they can't leave their situation because they don't have access to funds. To funds. Mm-hmm. And But now they're using Bitcoin as a way that they can start uh, collecting some kind of, uh, you know, honeypot that they can yeah. eventually leave and, and, you know, be able to support themselves to wow. some degree. And you can get donations anonymously um, and, and kind of, uh, and, have, have they can retain the ownership over it and control without without it kind of uh you know getting yeah. in the wrong hands yeah. 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 How, how does it positively affect the sex trafficking piece like that's like a huge i don't know like heart wrencher for me right? yeah that whole thing it, well so it's, it, it, it actually that? comes down to like tracking of the money right because really so much money I mean, is involved in this and it. that's there's a there's a company called chain analysis that actually um does nothing but analyze uh, crypto transactions and how they um uh, are easily traceable back to um nefarious activities. Um, So, you know, people think, oh, you know, Bitcoin is this kind of anonymous transaction. I can do this anonymously, like what Gabe said. But on the flip side of that, it's totally traceable. So if you know how to trace those transactions, it's 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 very foolish to do transactions like that for things that are nefarious. And so chain analysis actually was uh, very paramount in helping the CIA break up one of the most the, one of the biggest um, child sex trafficking rings in the world uh, just recently, uh, just because they were able to trace those transactions. So, yeah. Yeah. Let them keep thinking that they can't be that's traced. Right. Right. That's right. That's absolutely yeah. correct. No, that, that's exactly what he's been called in. Said. He's been called into the FBI Secret Service to. Have you really? Yeah. Yeah. Stop <laughs> it. Can you share? Um, Can you share I anything? I mean, they didn't make me that. sign anything. So I, I, so that is super cool. It was, well, <laughs> it was it was not that fun at first, but um, because like we, we were yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, well, we, you just yeah, we right? were walking. We were walking into our office one day, and these two gentlemen came up. We were waiting on the elevator, and these two gentlemen stepped up behind us. He said, "Are you Gabe Higgins?" <laughs> and like this real stern voice. Like, and this. they were plain clothes. Yeah, so. I was going to ask, what were they wearing? No, they no, were totally plain clothes. Plain clothes. Okay. So it, we were like, "Yeah." Didn't suspect them, and I'm like, "Yes." And then he flashes the Secret Service badge at me, and I'm like, "Okay, I didn't do it." Just <laughs> because I run Tampa Bay Bitcoin, I did yeah. swear. Yeah. So he was like, "No, you're not not in trouble or anything. We just want to ask you a, a couple questions because we're working on a case, and uh, you know, we're trying to track this guy's transactions, and they." Actually actually ha- got a hold of the guy's computers and had access to, um, you know, the keys to get 
get to the funds, but they didn't know how to input it into the wallet. So they needed technical experience and they just looked up. I guess they just <laughs> they like, were like, Googled we, t- we, t- we Googled Tampa, Tampa Bitcoin, Bitcoin and your name came up. My wow. face comes up. Is that a good thing? Sure, yeah, it's good. sure, it's good, but yeah, it was yeah, funny. Except when you're a target. So I, so, uh, yeah. yeah, they have an office down here in Tampa, so we walked over and yeah. helped them out. Nice, oh, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Well, <laughs> I think what you both are doing is amazing. I'm so happy that you're in Tampa yeah. and creating this culture, female-led yes. culture, and just bringing awareness about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and everything just to the to the world. So thank well, you so thank much you. for joining thank us Thank you for educating us. Of today. course, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You yeah. can, you can um, everybody's welcome to join us on our meetups. We do virtual and in-person meetups around the Bay Area. Uh, actually, this Sunday is uh, uh, the, the celebration of, of uh, Bitcoin Pizza Day. Oh, oh really? There's, so the story behind it is, you know, the first real-world transaction that – that's known um, from where Bitcoin was exchanged for a real world good was for two pizzas. pizzas. (laughs) It was like 10,000 Bitcoin. It was 10,000 Bitcoin for two pizzas, which is worth that, which at the time, you know, Bitcoin wasn't worth anything. So it was literally, um, you know, just somebody like, Hey, I'll give you 10,000 Bitcoin. If you order me two pizzas, (laughs) somebody was like, yeah, I'll do that. And you know, now now 10,000 Bitcoins worth, I don't know, like $30 million or something wow. like that. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. So there's yeah. actually a thing Crazy. called the Bitcoin Pizza Index. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's like right. if you well, had that 10,000 Bitcoin, <laughs> how many pizzas? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's really crazy. So Tom Brady gave... Yeah. 63 what oh what's the the ball for the ball yeah he was actually 300 million i was was off by a factor of 10 wow oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a little sickening tom brady yeah he's he's involved in nfts and he gave how many bitcoin to the guy for his seat three is in my head but i don't know i know just one bitcoin it was worth 63,000 that's what it was one bitcoin yeah that's crazy yeah yeah. Is that still worth? It's about 30 it today. Yeah. It fluctuates. Okay. I yeah. mean, 30 grand, I'll take it. Yeah, no. Not bad. Not a bad tight. This, this conversation has been amazing. Thank awesome. you both. Well, so thank you much. for having us. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> so great meeting both of you. Until next time, babes, live bold and boss up. This is an Ian Beckles flavor in your ear quick fix on Radio Influence. This whole thing with these school shootings, okay? I've done this podcast for a couple years, and we've talked about school shootings numerous, numerous times. I'm not going to sit here and be a broken record like everybody damn else. I'm not going to do that. Everybody else is a broken effing record. My thing is, what do we need to do going forward? I don't give a shit about mental illness. Don't listen. If you just emphasize mental illness, that's not going to stop shootings. Oh, gun violence. We have to, we have to, blah, blah, blah. That's all I'm hearing. Matthew McConaughey, I thought, said it the best. Okay. Come on. We're, we're a broken record. We're doing the exact same things. The same people are saying the exact same things two months ago. Two months from now, they'll be saying the exact same things. Four months from now, it's the same thing. 
it's either you're saying it's mental illness, you know, I mean, or it's gun violence, whatever, whatever. It's in between the two. Mental illness? Okay, well, if there's that many people in America walking around with mental illness, let me say this. Let's make it harder to get guns if we're that batshit crazy. How about that? It's too easy to get a gun. Sorry. Background checks? When, so you don't want a background check? Once again, I'm not Democrat. I'm not Republican. Democrats want nobody to have guns, and it seems like Republicans want everybody to have guns. I'm somewhere in the middle. Responsible people should have the ability to get guns. But good Lord, it's too easy to get a gun, people. There's some place, there's some states where you can walk up and get an, an AR, but you can't rent a car. Some states you have to be 25 to rent a vehicle, but you can get an AR at 18. If you think that's American, God bless you. It's not American to me. It's just not. It's idiotic. You can find Ian Beckles' Flavor in Your Ear on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com. 